the dark web, a term that brings ominous visions of dark holes with server stacks blinking with green lights and an evil looking hacker sitting at a desk twirling their handlebar mustache. Or maybe images come to mind of unregistered websites with offensive content that should be launched into the sun on top of a Falcon Heavy rocket. What is the dark web? What is on the dark web? And what can you do to defend yourself against the dark arts? Uh, I mean, the dark web. You're listening to The Mike and Mr. Show, the show all about politics and technology. The dark web is often referenced by antivirus software, anti-malware software, technology blogs, and other security-focused content on the internet, as well as you're seeing more and more in the mainstream media. Unfortunately, most people simply do not know what the dark web is and the dangers that truly lie in such a place. Before we go any further, I should note that before I researched this information, I was only somewhat familiar with the dark web and the concepts behind it. Also know that when I say web, I'm not talking about a physical web here, but networks or servers on the internet. That's with a capital I. It's important. That's to say the internet is all of the servers, networks, and other infrastructure that allows us to send emails to other countries, search Wikipedia for ideas, or watch videos online from one client machine, your computer or phone, for example. It is the new term, Internet of Things. The dark web is a part of what is known as the quote-unquote deep web. I know we're starting to get into a lot of terms here, uh, but just try to bear with me. The deep web is based on the dark net. The dark net, to be brief and attempt not to bore you to death, is a part of the greater internet with a capital I, but isn't searchable. So the dark net is not searchable. You can't just find a dark net website on Google or DuckDuckGo, which I recommend over Google. These networks run alongside of the quote-unquote surface net. What we commonly use and what you're listening to this podcast on, that would be the surface net. The surface net doesn't require anything but a client connected to a network and a web browser, such as your phone connected to your Wi-Fi or your internet service provider, Verizon, AT&T. It really all began back at the beginning of the internet. So the dark net or dark web started with the beginning of the actual internet back in the 1970s. So in the 1970s, there were a few dark nets that began to rise that allowed students to receive data off of ARPANET. Now, ARPANET was the kind of our origin of what we consider to be the Internet of today, which is a part of the Defense Advanced Research Projects Agency's network, or DARPA. We've all heard of DARPA. This was DARPA's network. This was their network they established to connect different universities and laboratories early on so they could share information and further research you know, and, and build up the United States in regards to technology as we were in the midst of the Cold War. 
So funny enough, when the Darknet arose, the first drug deal over the Darknet occurred in 1971 between students at MIT and Stanford. So the first quote-unquote nefarious, or at least known nefarious use of the internet on a dark net or deep web, dark web, was in 1971 between two different students at two different laboratories over the ARPANET, and they had established a secondary network uh, below the surface net. So the deep web is the term that is used now to encapsulate both the dark web and the dark net, which are two different things. The dark net can be accessed quite easily now with the right software and is often used by a lot of people who wish to remain anonymous. For example, it is used by journalists who wish to receive information from their contacts without risking blowing their contacts cover. The dark net is also utilized by average everyday citizens who wish to remain anonymous and bypass censorships of their their countries, such as China's Great Firewall, it is a physical network, so to speak. The deep web is also something we use every day. It is the non-search engine indexed information. I know it sounds like kind of, okay, what are you talking about now with all your computer lingo? What the heck does that mean? Well, it means search engines cannot log that information and allow others to search it. Whenever you access a restricted website, such as your bank account or a social media platform, you have a username and password, sometimes a second form of authentication, that allow you to access the restricted parts of the website. That is part of the deep web. It is not accessible by a search engine. You can't just Google it and be like, I want to access Mike Messer's Facebook profile. You Google that and you hit the button, then boom, there it is. You can't do that. You have to log in first. You have to use my username and password, for example, and access that information. But the dark web, that is something a bit more dangerous. The dark web, much like the dark net, which is the origins of the dark web, is a non-search engine index website or server that cannot be accessed without specialized software, such as Tor that allows you to access the information. So you gotta have special software to access this. On the dark web, special communication protocols are utilized to allow access. Access these websites, you must utilize a Tor browser or similar that have these communication protocols necessary for you to use already built in. So you can access the information. Most common web browsers do not have this built in. Firefox does not have it built in. Uh, Edge does not have it built in. Chrome does not have it built in. Internet Explorer does not have it built in. You have to have a Tor browser. The term dark simply means it's not visible. So keep that in mind. Dark means it's not visible. So in this case, it's not visible to search engines or regular web browsers. Hopefully at this point, you're not so confused to understand it's basically just a hidden internet. You have to have special software to access. The real key behind the dark web is that anonymous anonymity it provides to its users. It's almost impossible to track down users and servers on the dark web. I say almost because they've done it. Some software has security flaws. I mean, they're made by humans. Humans have flaws. They're going to mess up. That allows users or servers to be tracked. It's a dangerous world on the dark web. But on the dark web, you'll find a lot of different information. Some of the information is good. And some of it, like I said in the intro, should be shot into the sun on top of a Falcon Heavy rocket. 
Some of the information on the dark web is leaked information. There are some more readily accessible websites that are well known that are libraries, so to speak, of what the uploader claims is leaked information, whether it's leaked from information from the U.S. government, corporations, or other countries. Organizations like QAnon and WikiLeaks are known to use these type of sites. And it may be surprising to you to know that the U.S. government actually has funded part of TOR in some respects through the NSA, CIA, and other agencies to attempt to allow citizens of other countries to leak information or bypass firewalls of their countries. As I mentioned earlier, the Great Firewall of China is one of those firewalls that prevents their citizens from accessing certain parts of the internet in an attempt to keep outside interference in their citizens from learning certain truths. Iran also has a firewall around their internet, although not as sophisticated as China's. Citizens of these countries, along with the citizens of the U.S., often leak or break through firewalls by using the dark web. Now, I cheer on the citizens of Iran and China, who are, you know, of course, in the oppressive and restrictive government, and they're trying to break free of that. I support those who are doing that. But it's not just citizens fighting back against oppressive governments. Unfortunately, there is evil in this world. People will do evil things. Criminals thrive on the dark web because, like mentioned earlier, it is extremely difficult to track users and servers of the people on it. Law enforcement officials around the world are in a constant battle to track down criminal enterprises and criminals themselves on the dark web. One of the most famous uses of the dark web uh, that is well known, it was known as the Silk Road. The Silk Road was the first modern market website on the dark web. It was just like the, Am- the, just like the first Amazon of the dark web, okay? But what were the goods they were selling? Well, <laughs> drugs. Lots and lots of drugs. The Silk Road allowed users to buy, sell, and uh, basically any and every kind of narcotic known to man, all anonymously. The Federal Bureau of Engagement, the FBI, discovered the website and shut it down within two years of its founding. So, relatively quick turnaround, considering it was on the dark web. The FBI was F, ooh, the FBI was also able to discover uh, the founder of it, and they arrested him. So again, you can be tracked. It just takes a lot more effort. However, the fight continues. Uh, what I believe to be perhaps one of the darkest, I, well, I, it is my opinion, the darkest aspect of the dark web and the internet as a whole. Uh, one thing I wish so vehemently did not exist. Uh, sex, slavery, and child pornography. I'm not alone in wish of such evils were gone from this world. Even the hacker group known as, quote-unquote, Anonymous, tracked down and removed child pornography dark websites in 2017. Uh, They took down approximately 20% of the dark web in doing so. That's right. 20% of the entire dark web was devoted to child pornography. I think we can all agree sex slavery, especially child sex trafficking, is evil. Pure evil. The dark web is filled with sites that facilitate the purchase, sell, transfer, and coordination for child sex trafficking. Again, anonymous. It allows people to communicate anonymously. However, it's not just the dark web anymore, apparently. I don't know if you guys have been paying attention at all in social media. Even some mainstream media started to pick it up. Um, but we're seeing some websites like Wayfair and Amazon have items that are ridiculously high priced. Uh, it's, not, it's not a conspiracy theory, guys. This is like legit. 
ridiculous high price cabinets, rugs, and other items that all have the names of women, uh, some names of missing women as their titles. Perhaps some of the dark web filth is now linking onto the surface web. So along with these evils are websites that sell your data. Yep, your data and my data, your social security information, credit card information, bank account information, just about any type of information. Their entire profiles, it's like you would make on Facebook, except with your social security number, credit card information, address, all of anything they could find. They take, uh, what these people will do is they'll build a profile. They'll take somebody, they steal the information, they create an entire profile, and then they will post it on these dark websites and sell it. Tired profiles are built and sold on the dark web. Yours, mine, who knows? Uh, when I was a police officer, I had several cases of stolen identity, scams, credit card fraud, and many other cyber cases. Unfortunately, I, as a beat cop, did not have the resources to fully investigate these things. Nevertheless, I always you know, tried to do my best, and when I couldn't go any further, I would always push it up to financial crimes or um, computer uh, crimes and all that kind of stuff. So uh, if possible, have them report it to federal authorities where applicable. These are real threats, guys. I'm not joking. These are thrill, real threats to real people. That's you. Okay, that means you. It is extremely important to protect yourself online in, and in the world in general, just in, in general, but especially online. But you may be saying, but, but Micah, how do you defend against the dark web when so much is being done without your knowledge? I mean, are you perusing the dark web? I, I'm certainly not just perusing around the dark web looking, oh, is someone stealing my data today? I'm not doing that. Um, well, there are several ways of protecting yourself. First, I highly recommend, I cannot say this enough, I highly recommend you use a VPN. What is a VPN? VPN is a virtual private network. It's uh, basically encapsulates your data and keeps it hidden from your ISP as well as others who may be attempting to um, steal your data, whether they have something stuck in the, you know, they're vampiring off, that's actually a term, vampiring uh, the data off the cables or whatever they're doing. Um, definitely get a VPN, guys. Your, your ISP is also selling your data, right? And we've been over this. We, we know this is the case. They take your data and they sell it. And if it's easily accessible, they're going to take it and sell it. So using a VPN, again, basically encapsulates your data in a protective shell before it transmits through their systems. That prevents their packet inspection tools from easily accessing your data. I mean, there's ways that they can just take it and then really, really break it down. There's not really much you can do. Um, but then it, it sells that data to the highest bidder. Of course, this, this is just your ISP, right? We're not even talking about your hackers and stuff that are going in there and accessing your data. Um, so having a VPN is very important. So, well, okay, that's great. But which VPN should you get, though? Many promise certain things, uh, and, and some are good, and some are not as good. Well, I recommend ExpressVPN. ExpressVPN has over 3,000 locations to choose from worldwide. That's 3,000 different locations. It can make it look like you're actually connecting from. It is the world's most trusted VPN technology and can be used on all of your devices, from your computer to your phone. Plus, it doesn't slow down your internet like other VPNs. That's important, guys. 
that a lot of VPNs actually slow down your computer because you're trying to connect to somewhere around the world. I mean, you can do that if you want, uh, but uh, ExpressVPN doesn't do that. Okay, so ExpressVPN is the way to go if you're going to get a VPN. So just because you're here listening to me, you get a special offer. You can head on over to expressvpn.com. That's E-X-P-R-E-S-S-V-P-N.com slash Messer, M-E-S-S-E-R, to start your protection for and get, listen, 49% off your 12-month subscription. All right, guys, 12-month subscription, you almost get 50% off right there, right off the bat. All right, that's really, really good service. And for a really, really good price. So head on. I mean, you what what price can you really put on your security? I mean, really think about it. I mean, imagine trying to recover all this data that gets stolen. I mean, it is absolutely worth the cost. So head on over to expressvpn.com slash messer today. All right. So next, uh, what is next step that you can do besides a VPN to protect yourself? I would recommend you invest in a personal information monitoring company. Uh, Experian and LifeLock both provide dark web monitoring as a part of their uh, protection packages. What this does or attempts to do is allows you to be notified when your information is sold on the dark web. Now, obviously, like I mentioned, you're not perusing the dark web. I'm not perusing the dark web every day saying, oh, is somebody trying to sell my data? Now, unfortunately, uh, I mean, these companies try to do that, right? But unfortunately, this cannot protect you 100% of the time. But what they do do is they monitor all of your information to look for anomalies in your personal data use, such as credit card use, loan applications, all that kind of stuff. Um, they'll notify you when uh, you know when they see an anomaly, but hey, check this out. Is this you? Is this not you? You let them know. Um, they also come with insurance of sorts. So if your information does get stolen or it does get, uh, you know, fraud or whatever, they will cover the cost to actually recover that. So it's actually a pretty good investment to go ahead and make, especially in today's world. So VPN, get a personal information monitoring company like Experian or LifeLock to monitor that dark web for you. And finally, uh, well, it's not quite finally, but pretty much finally, get a good antivirus malware and security suite um, it's very important, guys. I mean, if you have any type of electronic device, you need to be protecting it, right? VPN will protect that internet traffic, but you need something on your computer itself protecting your device. Uh, I would I use Bitdefender personally, but uh, I know not everyone likes that system. That's fine. You have Bitdefender, Norton, PCmatic. All of those are pretty good. PCmatic is 100% in the United States, so if you want to go that route, PCmatic's your way to go. I know that uh, Ben Shapiro talks highly about them, um, but there's a lot of other options out there. There's a lot of free options out there, and a lot of free ones will be decent, but understand that you're not going to get as good a protection as some of these paid ones. So I'd recommend pay you 75 bucks a year. Okay, pay the 75 bucks a year, protect your systems. A lot of these come with like, they'll protect five devices. So you can protect your computer, your laptop, your tablet, your phone, um, your wife's phone and all that kind of stuff all on one single license. Uh, it's going to help you, you know, it, it just adds another wall, right, guys? Adds another wall to prevent unauthorized access to your computer systems and having your information stolen from you. Now, I said finally, but really not finally, because I wanted to bring up common sense. I know, right? Well, you can't bring up common sense. It's not very common anymore. Well, common sense. What do I mean by that? Well, don't buy from an unknown website or a sketchy website. If you see an ad on Facebook, don't click it and go buy from there. 
Um, I'm not going to mention names, but someone I know happened to do that on a social media, um, a social media ad recently and had issues with it. So um, just a reminder, do not just click an ad on website uh, or on social media and go and buy from there. If you don't know the company, don't buy from it uh, unless you have to. If you must, if you got to have the item or whatever, buy using a third party like PayPal to purchase through as well. That's going to add another layer of protection. Um, and as I mentioned earlier, use a VPN to keep that information encrypted. That's going to help keep whoever you're buying from from seeing the information. So like PayPal, you use your credit card through PayPal. The company is not actually going to see that credit card information. All they're going to get is a transfer of money, a wire transfer from PayPal saying this is how much money they paid. So it's going to help protect you a little bit on that side. So uh, just keep that in mind. Don't buy from the websites or sketchy websites. Use the third party uh, pay thing like PayPal or Amazon Pay, Google Pay, something like that. And of course, use your VPN, like I mentioned. Uh, don't give out your information to people on the phone. If someone calls asking for any personal information, hang up and then call the company they claim to be from. That will know if they actually are calling for you. Most likely they're not. Don't use the number they called you from to call back. That's, that's a no-no. If you get an email asking for account information, it's probably a phishing attack, just like the phone call. They want to get your information. They're trying to sell it, guys. They are that's that's what they're doing. They have there's hundreds of people set up in these places all around the world. All they're trying to do is get your information so they can sell it. Um, it may the emails you get may look legit. I'm talking absolutely legitimate emails. They look like they're from Google or from Facebook or from Amazon, but there's always gonna be something a little bit off in the domain there name there. There's gonna be something a little off that's just kind of a red flag. Um if if some if they're asking for your information, never especially by email. If they're asking for your information by email, never never reply to that. Just delete it. Just absolutely just delete it. There's there's no point on even doing anything with it. Just delete it. Um, unless of course you work for a company that has some type of policy of hey report this information, um, then you of course report it as necessary. I've seen some very clever ones, so be very very cautious. And oh, this is something that I mentioned that. Okay, so here I am talking about scams and it's just getting me worked up on Facebook or Twitter. And if you if there's somewhere that's offering a free cruise or they're trying to sing, they're going to give away a car or something. Listen, guys, those aren't real. Okay, they're not real. If you look at the names, it's always something a little off about it. It's not just Google. It's like Google honeymoons or, you know, just something's a little different. Right. Because. They're not actually giving away this stuff, okay? These people, they're just, they're not. They're just using data points and getting data and just don't, just don't. If it's too good to be true, it probably is, okay? Use common sense. Use common I mean, when I was a police officer, I dealt with people that did some of the darndest things, okay? Just, there's all different kinds of scams out there. If there's something suspicious in the mail, it's probably a scam. If it comes in your email, it's probably a scam. If it's on social media, don't click it. Don't click any link that just pops up in your inbox or a text message. I mean, I get three or four text messages a day that are scams or phishing. They're trying to get information. Just don't click it. Just delete it. Okay? Just delete it. Anyway, all right, so I was going on a rampage there. But let's get back to the dark web, okay? We, we know that dark web can be a scary place. We talked about it. Talked about the fallings of dark web. We talked about how you can protect yourself, VPNs, 
uh, you know, expressvpn.com slash message. You can get a good, uh, good discount there. Experian or LifeLock, a good antivirus. Use common sense. Don't use, you know, don't just swipe your credit card on any website. Okay. These things will help protect you in this scary information age that we're in, especially in the dark web when they're trying to sell all your information. So dark web may be a scary place. They have a lot of terrible things on it, like we mentioned, but you don't have to be scared of it. Take some actions now to protect you in the future. Use a VPN, especially on public networks. Install good antivirus software. Utilize a personal data monitoring service and use common sense. I hope this episode has been informative and maybe shine some light on the dark web, making it look a little less scary and ominous than before. Thanks for listening to the Mike and Mr. Show, the show all about politics and technology. If you like the show, be sure to follow us on Twitter or Facebook. Also, subscribe to the show on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, SoundCloud, or Google Podcasts. We're everywhere. Thanks for listening, and I'll talk to you guys next time right here on The Mike and Messer Show.